88.9 FM um, And this is the re-up Another edition of the re-up um, With Malik Alim I am your host Got some special guests with me today um, Very excited for, for today's uh, Edition of the show um, I have with me uh, Glennis and Miguel from uh, A G Thing And the Chicago Boricua resistance. Resistance. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, and I'm 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 really excited about this because this is kind of like the spirit of um, the spirit of organizing and the spirit of kind of you know meeting new people and learning about new people's art and and um, and activities uh, through through other people. And this is exactly what happened. I I got put on to you, Glennis. Um, uh, from Christiana, last week's guest, um, and I'm super excited to 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 find out about what it is that you've been doing, and um, and, and additionally, Miguel, you, you know, I, I'm I'm finding out about you from from Glennis and, and um, you all's kind of curating an event together. So, um, super excited to to kind of to pick you all's minds and brains about. Um, what you've been into and what and what we're what we're gonna do moving forward. So welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank How y'all doing? How y'all us. feeling? I'm feeling great. Word, hey, so great. I got a banana here, some apples, potassium. Yeah, we have great. all yeah. fifty seven of the food groups: uh, <laughs> Tecate, Takis, <laughs> Doritos, <laughs> Hennessy, Patron, <laughs> water. <laughs> Very important. I got a little, you know, a little, oh. little yeah. <laughs> I was like, what did I say? It was just some, something that was at home. I was like, let me just. I love it. I go love ahead, it. take care. Yeah. So life is good. Life is good. Thank you so much for having. No doubt. Yeah. So, um, I want to start with you, Glennis. Um, my first question is, what is the the a G thing? What where did that name come from? And what is what exactly is it that this collective is that what you? Refer to it as, or or just explain it to me. What is a G thing? Yeah, so a G thing is a creative agency in the city, uh, really focused on bringing unsung voices uh, and their narratives to the broader community through artistic activism um, as a means of being able to kind of shift political consciousness to ultimately influence systems change. So um, the collective that's associated with the G thing is really the Mel- Melanin Voices. So that's a project that is kind of a manifestation of a G thing. So it's a poetry. We'll get to that. I don't. Oh. I want. I want that to have its own. Of course. Little, but before you get into that, wh- where did this idea come from? Yeah. So I've been working in a lot of different spaces across a lot of different communities. I'm a creator, a writer, a playwright, screenwriter, filmmaker. Uh, so I like dibble and dabble in a lot of different creative spaces and um, use my art on a lot of different platforms. And so when I was thinking about how I wanted my art to reflect who I am, I thought about the best ways of being able to use that for movement building. 
and um, I know that Her there's a lot. Movement building. Yeah, to that's like a phrase real. that I hear often. How yeah, do you that? yeah. What does so, that mean to you? so, so for me, it's the being able to um, rally up with other organizers in the community that are really working towards change or being agents of change, and not just in words through actions. Um, and on a structural level too. So it's, yes, part of it is political consciousness, but like ultimately to be able to change the social conditions that create the environments in which we currently live that are deemed unacceptable to us. And so a part of a G thing is really kind of rooted in that using art as a form of being able, a tool of movement building with other organizers in the community. And when was the inception of that? Like when did that first pop off? <laughs> Last fall. Um, really, I've been thinking, and, and it's been percolating for a, a, a really long time, and I was in a lot of different spaces, like academic and non-academic spaces, um, and I was like, you know, this isn't really the, the space or the platform that I want to, to do things. I want to do things at the being rooted in the community, and I was already in the community, so I'm like, and I, I have talents to be creating initiatives all on my own. So instead of doing it for other people um, who weren't necessarily interested in creating those platforms and being inclusive of all voices, <laughs> um, I decided that it was best to go ahead and, and get that cooking. So yeah, December 15th, actually, and I know we're going to talk about it later, the day of the event is actually was the kickoff to a G thing officially. Last so it's year. actually the anniversary. Oh, shit. The one year anniversary of our organization. Yeah. Cool. Miguel. Hey. So I, I, I kinda have the same question for you. Where where um are you the kind of the person who has created the, the, the Chicago Puerto Rico <clears throat> resistance? No. no? No, I'm not. I I just happen to be the one that has the most flexible job. Late night talking about it. Yes. Right yeah. So so what um what what was your kind of introduction to the Chicago Boricua resistance um and your understanding of its inception? So um I I have I have been involved with uh, the Chicago Boricua resistance. We we can call it CBR. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been involved with CBR from from the beginning. Um, <clears throat> it's, you know, it's uh, it's 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 been a lot of things in in the more or less past year that it's that it's been in existence, but um, it started as as a gathering of Puerto Ricans in the diaspora that uh, were organizing to do anti-austerity work um, from from the diaspora. So, <clears throat> can you define uh, austerity for me? This this word has been defined for me countless times, and yes. I always forget the definition. Yeah. Of it. Well, you know, you know, th think about extreme cuts. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's cutting left and right with a, a project of privatizing public goods. Okay. So okay. The the idea is that, um, and this is you know this is a a, a, a similar. A similar story, right? They, it, it, it's kind of a story that keeps repeating, right? No matter where you are, the the same patterns follow. Um, they start saying uh, we're broke, mm -hmm. and then they say uh, we can't we can't pay what we owe, mm -hmm. and then they say the we, only way we, by we we're, you're talking about wait, what the city of Chicago it can be any, it can be the city of Chicago. Body. It can be uh, the country of Greece. Word, word, word. <laughs> it can be so Puerto can, Rico, right? Right. right. 
think so. We so. can't pay. What what other excuses? Exactly. And then and then they say the only way that we can be okay again is if we cut after school programs, if we cut uh, mental health clinics, if we privatize the the healthcare system, if we privatize the telephone company, the electrical company, um, and. And that's you know that that's also a, another pattern that you see in all of these places. So, that's in the gist of it. Austerity. <laughs> Where austerity? Okay. So back into the 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 you know conception of 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 a CBR. So uh, you know we 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 got together um, and uh, w- this was before any any law was passed to deal with the Puerto Rican debt. Uh, this was around the time that people were talking about the Puerto Rico debt being unpayable. Mm-hmm. And we knew that there were moves happening uh, in, the, in the federal government to do something with that. Uh, and some of us uh, were able to look into the laws that were being proposed. And we all agreed that this was a move towards uh, privatization and a move towards the elimination of any, any form of self-government that Puerto Rico has. Um, and that's, you know, I, I, I should say that self-government in Puerto Rico is very limited by itself because it is a colony of the United States. So we're not, we're not our own country. We are uh, a military, militarily and economically occupied people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we knew this was coming along, along the way. Um, we knew that uh, one of our neighbors in Wisconsin, Paul Ryan, <laughs> Uh, was one of the key architects of this bill. Um, so we thought that being in Chicago, right, um, we could still do something that helps our families and our people back home. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's been a big debate uh, for you know, the past hundred years or so that there's been a, a significant uh, Puerto Rican diaspora in the United States. There's that divide between the people that are on the island and the people that are in the diaspora. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly people from the island saying the people from the diaspora don't have anything to say about us. They can't say it because they left. Mm-hmm. I, I should say things have, con- have changed considerably since the hurricane. Um, but before then, we, were, we, were, um, we all believe that uh, really when we talk about Puerto Rico, we talk about uh, a nation that is in diaspora, a nation that spans, um, that goes beyond just an island in the Caribbean. And in a lot of ways, uh, a nation that doesn't exist as we, as we imagine it, but it is real, mm-hmm. right? And we, we build it, we construct it every day here in Chicago, as in New York, as in Florida, as also on the island. Word up. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, back to you, Glennis. I want to, um, uh, so I kind of got at, you know, both of you all's relations to the organizations that you represent and, um, and that will be helping to put on this event, Melanin Voices for Puerto Rico, um, next week on Friday, December 15th at the Breathing Room, 1434 West 51st Street. Show up. Um, 8.30 to 10. 8.30 to 10.30. Um, I want to I wanna get to more of your, you know, individual identities and um, what's brought you kind of to 
the place where you are now. So, um, what? I, how? How do you define yourself as a? Because um, I've been on your website, right? I've seen <laughs> the, the language that you've used. But as a creative, as a as a human, how do you? Um, what do you most identify as um, in terms of a title? Yeah, I a creator. Okay. I tend to identify as a creator first, um, um, and and one that's really. I like to say that I'm like an alien from outer space, but I've been here before. Legit, um, for real. I, I like. I know my spirit is very old. I know I was here before, and they took me out, so I had to come back and finish it all off. <laughs> um, and so I always feel like I'm existing on an elevated vibration, and I'm always seeking for more. Um, and a part of my purpose is... Um, really about uh, equity and social justice and increasing access and opportunities for people who look like me. Yeah. Um, and that's important and that drives a lot of work that I do. Um, a, a trauma drives a lot of the work that I do too. What do you mean by that? Um, it, everything that I do is very much a healing project. And mm. so even with like activism for me at its core is is healing. A part of that is healing, you know. Yes, you can. You, we can rupture systems, and that's essentially what we like to do. But um, in order to kind of tear down something and build something else, there has to be healing, um, that, and and that's that's made good, uh, and and things that are remedied. And so, a part of who I am as a creator, I embody all of that. Uh, I think it's impossible to just do creative work without having the passion behind it. So what is your what is your creative work? Yeah. So you're a writer. Yes. Yes. Shades of Green. Shades of Green. Um, publisher. <laughs> what else? What else? Yeah, I am uh, am a playwright. playwright. So um, I am actually working on a new stage play. Um I don't want to. I, I don't. I usually don't put it in the universe unless it's you know it's in the universe, but in different ways. Yeah, so I'm yeah, not going to yeah. speak it here right now. But I have one that's already in progress. Um, the last stage play, which was very much a um, a playwright project, was the Poetica Memoirs, and it was really exploring that. Went up at Reunion Chicago um, as an event that we did Poetica this summer, um, and it was really exploring uh, sexuality and uh, sexual liberation and freedom of women of color. Uh, and so that was a, a beautiful healing project because we just talked on just many forms of trauma that women of color face um, and how it's very incredibly difficult and challenging to not have the space to um, share those things. So it feels like we're reliving some of that trauma when you, we do get a chance to share it. And that can be something that's very painful, but creating the space and opportunity for that. Um, just, I don't, don't yeah. want to interrupt you, but that, that's a thing that I've like st stewed on and thought about a lot is um, as, as, as black people and, um, and probably you know, other people of color, probably deal with trauma um how do we embrace that those experiences um and not let them define us uh you know how do we embrace them and, and try to make them into something beautiful and something that other people can learn from um without letting them define us because i have come across a few individuals um and a few spaces that 
kind of take on trauma as an identity. Um, and I found that to be very hard to get past. Um, so what's, what's been your experience in, in trying to transform what, what trauma means and, and how we use it to better ourselves? Yeah, I'll first start by prefacing this uh, with saying that like I'm not a trauma specialist or a counselor and I just wanna give credence to that because for anyone who might be listening, like. W- w- you know, this is just my own personal experience. Word up, yeah. So um, I think that the the reality of it is is um, our experiences make who, make us who we are. We are the sum total of all of our experiences. So some people, depending on how that trauma may have affected them as a child, it can it may bleed over to who they are as an adult. Um, and that's a very real reality for them. Over at a G thing, we're really focused on creating those platforms or that we're just making room for that trauma to exist while the healing is taking place. So we, as a teaching artist, like we're working on workshops where people are writing from these deep, dark places of trauma in the space and bringing them into the space. And they might be painful and people are um, crying as they're healing, but the liberation in it is being able to get on the stage and release, right? Like that serves as a form of release. So like using an opportunity to get it all out on paper and then be able to perform, not necessarily for anybody else, but really for yourself. We tell people like when we invite you to a show, we're not performing for you. You know, like you're we're, we're inviting you in. It's a pleasure to be inviting you into our lives to see a piece of ourselves that we're working on and that we're building and that we're healing together. And so um, I do think that it's really challenging. Um, so. And people have their own ways of working through it, but I just want people out there to know that there's room for it all. Um, And this was something I was on a radio show last night, and we were kind of talking about this very same thing. And uh, people don't like to say, like, you know, we don't like to deal with anger, but anger is just another emotion. It's another emotion. You know, it's... it's, It's normal, yeah. right? And so breathe life into what that anger means and where the, pla- the place where that came from. So I'm all about exploring where did that come from? And I'm very, very self-reflective and that bleeds over in my writing and how I am as a teaching artist. So when I'm in community with other people, it's like, let's ask ourselves that question. Why am I feeling that way? Mm -hmm. Like, let's say if someone cut me off or whatever it is, I might get upset. But like, why am I feeling that way? Or how might this other person be feeling? And Please don't get too mad at me because I cut off a lot just because of my mind. (laughs) No, 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 no. I mean like in a car. Oh, uh, yeah, no. Or yeah, I mean, I suppose that can happen too. But like, you know, like, you know, somebody cut you off in traffic or something and and you get really really upset and it's like well why why am i getting upset even something that's small well i'm Mm -hmm. getting upset because i'm gonna be late well why am i gonna be late? you know just really taking a moment to take a step back to really give yourself that extra space to feel and be present in order to really be present with your with someone else you can't be present with someone else when you're not present for yourself yeah i think Um, i think my my experience in it it may be specifically uh my uh my experience with masculinity Mm -hmm. um is that we aren't allowed to um i don't know emotion is pathologized in a Mm -hmm. way that's really damaging yeah and and that 
you know, we, we're told to, to, to think more than we feel. Um, or to to drown out the fields with with logical you know type and 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 to me that that's um, it's really damaging because yeah. uh, you 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 learn a lot and you get a lot out of um, understanding what our emotions mean because I I call it the twinge right like mm-hmm. any anything that that can make you feel something is going to is going to make you feel something yeah. right and when you yeah. do feel that thing. Um, a lot of times, folks are taught are taught and told to drown it out and replace it with cognitive, logical, you know, kind of things. And I think both of those things have their place in our decision making processes and how we kind of perceive the world. But um, I think it's really important what you just said about you know emotion and, and, and making sure that we accept that and use it. Yeah, and challenging the structures that. Tell us that that's not okay, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and this is so funny because toxic masculinity and the subject came up last night on the radio show, radio show that I was on. But I do find that a lot of people are just trying to find outlets of being able to express themselves, trying to find outlets of being able to just be, be present with themselves. And so, like, part of what we're doing is creating those platforms or just facilitating it for people to be able to just be present when right. the world tells you yeah. you you can't right and part of that is critiquing capitalism like part of that is critiquing white supremacy and critiquing patriarchy right so it's not enough to like just critique white supremacy without critiquing patriarchy right mm-hmm. it's not enough to just critique patriarchy without critiquing capitalism right, right? they're all right. intertwined and so really critiquing these structural um Systems that actually created the conditions that we even that, that we're conditioned in and socializing, not only socialized, but are socializing other people and perpetuating even the most nuanced reactions and responses to people in the, in the world. So we really got to get down to like fundamentally a human level. Like, how do I see you in the world as another human? Um, you know, how did, you know, people see me and the size of my hair are shaved. And like I had somebody <laughs> the other day uh, who like wanted to say something to me. And he was like, hey, are you into men? And I was like, I want my, my dear friend. You know, what, made you, <laughs> what made you ask that my question? <laughs> right, like, I'm just curious. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm one of those people like, let's explain. It's not even, like, it's not offensive. Like, yeah, that's not offensive yeah, to me. Yeah, um, but like, for me, it's like, uh, you know, I'm curious. I'm genuinely curious. Like, what, what is it about me that made you ask that question? Um, and yeah, of course, it's like my size of my hair, my shade, my hair shade. And then he said, oh, you must be one of those like feminists. And I'm like, well, aren't you... Aren't you a feminist? Don't you believe that I'm equal to you and and that I should have equal access to Mm -hmm. opportunities and rights as you do? I'm very confused, right? So like, (laughs) like, so, and and I think that when when other people start to hear that, they're like, oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, oh, that's what feminism means? Yeah, you know, like it it is, right? So at the very base level of human, yeah, Yeah. interaction. Ooh. Miguel, um, I want to ask you the same question. Um, what what do you do? You view yourself as a creative, and if so, um, how would you define yourself? And and you know, in terms of in those terms, um, I'm not I'm not sure. I view myself as a creative. 
um, I think the the most the most stable thing throughout my life has, in terms of me viewing myself, is uh, as a student. Um, and I think I, I believe no matter where I am in life, I'm still gonna remain a student yes, of some yes, sort. Yes. Um, I, I relate I to that. I do, <laughs> I, yeah. I, do, <laughs> I do engage in uh, activities that are creative. Um, I do photography. I, you know, I, I play some music. I write. Mm-hmm. Um, he sings. But he sings I, too. Okay, he, he plays sings. Guitar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Um, but you know, these I. Um, Again, I think all of this I, I connected through through the idea, well, through the concept of, of education, right? Through um, the idea of sending uh, a message that seeks to connect, right? To seeks to to help us um, come together to uh, either create something new um, or or come together as people as communities. And um, that's really when any 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 creative work that I do that that's when it makes sense to me, right? When I can connect it to something larger. Uh, and um, I will say, one of the one of the, the one of the mentors that I respected the most uh, during my upbringing as a photographer <laughs> uh, had this this line that he would always repeat, right? Whenever whenever we came up with a new picture to to show him. He would say, "So what?" So you have a picture; it mm-hmm. looks nice. So what? What is the message that you're trying to bring with this? And I've I've taken that I've taken that into other spaces as well. That's what's up. And then outside of so outside of that photography, like what other mediums have you chosen to express yourself I've, through? I've done some film editing. Um, I've uh, music and uh, theater. I was a part of a, a theater collective in Puerto Rico. We did street theater, um, following the um, the teachings and philosophy of Augusto Wall, who uh, developed Theater of the Oppressed, which is yeah. based yeah. on the pedagogy of the Ped- oppressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the idea that um, theater again should be a tool for the transformation of society, mm-hmm. just like education. Um, and I think I think I think that's about it. I mean, I I kind of uh, when I find a new a new mode of expression, I, I I always try it out. If it works, I keep doing it. If it doesn't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I say yeah, I did that once. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. What are you listening to right now? A lot of things. Uh, give me a mood. No, you give me a mood. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, my all-time favorite artist, uh, which is really hard to pick, but the guy I've been listening to since uh, I was a little kid and that I continue to listen to, his name is Silvio Rodriguez. He's a, a Cuban singer-songwriter. Same. Uh, Ojalá is a very popular song. What else? Um, do you want me to pick a song? Yes. Okay. Uh, yo digo que las estrellas. That's a that's a song that I I love listening to if I am on it's like a, a middle of the night it could be a bike ride it could be a, a drive through the mountains uh, I I take some time to stop and just be 
out looking at the sky and I play this song. This is, it'll be complete silence. This is the only thing playing. Estrellas le dan gracias a la noche Porque encima de otro coche No pueden lucir tan bellas Y digo que es culpa de ella De la noche el universo ¿Cuál son culpables los versos De que haya noches y estrellas? Song. That was a very beautiful song. Um, I want to ask, <coughs> Glennis, I want to ask you, we, we kind of touched on it a bit before, but um, your event series, um, Melanin Voices. Yeah. Because there's, there's been a few renditions of this event, right, before. Yeah. Um, and then next week we have Melanin Voices for Puerto Rico. Yeah. So where, where did that come from in so um, it initially started, again, really wanting to be kind of a manifestation, the best representation of a G thing that we can put forward. Um, and I, around the time that we were putting up the first Melanin Voices event, I was publishing my first book, Shades of Green, as you mentioned earlier, which is a, um, an anthology of like poetry and short stories, vignettes. Um, and what is I, a vignette? <laughs> it's just like a short story, a narrative. Yeah, like a snapshot of a narrative. So like what? Like It can be anything, you know? It can be a short... It could be a, the form of a short story, but some might call story. it... Some <laughs> might call it... <laughs> some, I look at them as being vignettes, like small snapshots of a, of a particular story or a life or a narrative, okay. for sure. Um, so but, I could make a vignette of... Um, when I woke up and like went to feed my feed my dog this morning. Absolutely, you absolutely. So it's just like a small moment. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Yep. Like a snapshot. So um, this is uh, the short stories and poetry um, in my in my first book, and but I didn't want to do an event like I, I just felt like it would just be very um, self-aggrandizing to just do an event around me when I knew that there were other voices who in literature who other black women are, were, like, have been publishing books and uh, people don't know about their voices. And so I'm like, what if it would be dope because people think that we don't really read and write um, <laughs> to bring together like some of these other local published artists that are doing work and, um, and do an installment around that. So the first Melanin Voices was really around black women in literature. Um, and so that's the kind of birth of where Melanin Voices came from. And from that, we wanted to continue that mantra, poetry and live literature. And I've been to, I don't know if you've ever been to a live lit event, but like it's all like white folks, like reciting things that come from various readings. And I'm like, we don't see a lot of that in our communities, in communities of color where you're getting on stage. And it's not just about poetry, but you're telling a story. You're mm -hmm. telling that snapshot of like you feeding your dog or whatever it is. And it led to this 
uh, life awakening moment that you had on the sidewalk, <laughs> you right, know, right, right, right. Um, we don't hear a whole lot of our narrative. So all of it is about creating those platforms. So using poetry and live literature to create a platform in which we would bring those narratives, those unsung narratives and voices to the broader community. So that the first one we had was December 15th of 2016. Um, and we were so blessed because it was literally with the wind chill, maybe 30 below. And we it was a packed house in City Lit Books. And shout out to Teresa there for like opening up her space to us. And then um, we partnered with the Chicago Park District over the summer to do an installment of Melanin Voices really showcasing black women across the spectrum. So we had um, straight, queer, cisgender, transgender, young black girls really elevating those narratives and bringing them to the community very raw, the way that they are and real. And we were very happy that the Park District uh, was cooperative in terms of uh, creating the, helping us uh, create the space that we wanted to right. and not wanted to um, police us in that way. Um, and then this is the last installment. So this is our fourth Melanin Voices. The last Voices. of the year or the last The last, last of period? the year. Okay. Yes, let me be oh, clear. Don't, don't yes. break my The heart. last of the year, which we, um, we're we very excited about. So we've done, f what, five in a year. This is our fifth one. And for this one, we really wanted to focus it on, um, we know that there are, more things that binds us together that separates us and you don't see the black and Puerto Rican community come together as much as we should um, or need to and so um, we know that in Puerto Rico <laughs> the situation is um, very unpleasant and Miguel can talk more and speak more yeah, to that. I'll, I'll, went, I'll let him speak more to that. But um, when I sat down and I thought about like partners for this particular event, I wanted it to be partners who I knew were really invested just in the work of people of color, pe pe bodies, black body, black and brown bodies in general, and the work of um, systems change. And so, of course, like this lovely woman to my right, Christiana. Hey, uh, <laughs> she's here, y'all. Um, <laughs> Uh, certainly I'm came here. to mind. Uh, she is, I love her. She's great. And Christiana doesn't know it, but ultimately we're going to be besties. Um, and then um, this lovely gentleman to my left, Miguel, who is with uh, CBR. So they're perfect. I mean, amazing. <laughs> Christiana's busting a move here, y'all. I wish I could see it. Um, but uh, they're amazing collabor collaborators for this, collaborators for, and organizers for this particular event, and we're just really excited to be partnering with them. Good. Yeah, so my dad was like on the island when Maria hit, um, and was stuck there for the first 10 days. And really like in a glamorous situation comparatively, like he was living really well uh, compared to what other folks were going to. He was like staying in a friend's condo um, and the condo was able to turn on the electricity and water at night. So, you know, after the knee-high water drained after the first two days, um, you know, for the other eight days that he was stuck there, he was able to shower and like turn on the lights at night. Um, which compared to what the rest of the island was dealing with was definitely luxurious. Um, my grandmother's house, 
It's also pretty lucky, like a piece of the downstairs roof blew off, um, but most of the roof is intact <laughs> um, and like water is not coming in the house. So that's cool. Um, there's been like mud and stuff that came through the, the blinds, but for the most part, my grandmother's house is cool. Uh, my grandmother lives in Carolina, which is um, like a 20 minute like drive outside of San Juan um, from like the main strip where the, all the beaches are in San Juan. Um, and my grandmother's neighborhood still does not have electricity. Uh, and so, you know, we're talking about like Oak Park in relation to Chicago, right. you know, will be like the greatest comparison. Mm -hmm. So if we could imagine that like a natural disaster struck the Midwest and like the neighborhood, you know, the Oak Park community was still living yeah. without yes. electricity, yeah. like two months later, that would be outrageous, right? Like people would be, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, it would yeah, be a, a, a massive they outcry. Sure um, yeah. And so um, certainly not that like citizenship should be the hinge on which we judge um, folks like yeah. deserved yeah, access that's, that's, to mm -hmm. humanitarian like resources. Right. Um, but it seems like American apathy is kind of rooted in a an ignorance around Puerto Ricans being U.S. Mm -hmm. citizens mm -hmm. um, and the relationship between America and and the island. Yeah, that's been a, a thing in my own mind that I kind of struggle with, where it's like trying to let folks know, yo, these are people, they they are us. Um, but then it's like, yo, but even if if they weren't quote unquote us, right? Like, what would why why do we have like these barriers to understanding like this is human suffering and that right. you know folks need help, folks need fucking help like straight up like need help for real um it, it's just something to think about um Miguel I I wanted to ask you um where um not where but but how does CBR um what are the ways that we can kind of support the work that CBR is doing, um, specifically in, in, in the context of this disaster. Mm -hmm. um, but also, a really important thing, I think, is outside of situations like that, right? Like mm -hmm. situations where disaster is happening and, and, and folks need, you know, um, help like that. But, but how can we understand and, um, and kind of grow in community with our Puerto Rican brothers and sisters um, outside of that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so I, I wanted to add a, a, just a, a note to what we were talking about right now. Um, and I, 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 I wanted to say that um, Puerto Ricans aren't the, the only citizens that uh, have, not be, have, not, have not been considered, quote unquote, full citizens by this I mean, country. Katrina happened also. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so it's, 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 another, it's another point of connection between our communities. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, there's, there's this whole issue with the idea of, of citizenship being a requirement for empathy. Mm -hmm. When in, in reality, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there's multiple groups 
that have been in the United States for hundreds of years. Yeah. And we see the same thing, the, the same thing you mentioned happening. Um, so that's, that's, that's a, a serious issue. Yeah, the parallels are great. Right. Yeah. Uh, and um, our focus, right, we are the Chicago Boricua assistance, right? And there's Boricua in there, right? It's, it's implying that our, our focus is, is Puerto Rico, is Puerto Ricans. But we understand that that struggle for our liberation is intricately tied mm -hmm. with other struggles for liberation. Right? As long as there's somebody oppressed in this world that I live in, I am not free. Mm -hmm. I am still not free. Um, no one is free until we all can be free. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, you might, you might have gone to our Facebook page. Our URL is Decolonize PR. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we, we, we really view our work or we, we try to do our work in, in the best way that we can to, to connect with these multiple struggles uh, and, and to uh, connect the diaspora with the island. So, um, you know, when it comes to, to what we can do to help, uh, a big aspect of that is connecting, mm -hmm. right? A big aspect of that is, is coming together and, and trying to draw not only the parallels, but the intersections at which our multiple communities uh, find themselves. A lot of times those, those intersections are purposefully hidden mm -hmm. because as long as they keep us separate, the easier it is to, to control each one of us. Mm -hmm. And if we, if, we have, if we have issues with each other, then even better because they, then they don't have to do the, the policing, <laughs> right? We, we police do it. Ourselves. Yeah, we police ourselves. Um, so that's, that's, that's a key thing where we are. And I think that's something that everybody, in spite of, of their situation, can participate in. Right? Yeah. Because as, as, a, as an individual, as a person, you belong to a community. You're mm -hmm. connected to a community. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one key thing. Uh, the other thing is there are some practical uh, necessities that, that we try to support uh, people with. And right now, in the aftermath of Maria, uh, we have all our families there. Uh, we have our friends, um, you know, family, family and extended. Uh, and um, there are some real basic necessities that still need to be fulfilled, right? Um, we cannot, we cannot uh, get to liberation if we can't eat, right? If we can't drink. Niggas gotta eat. <laughs> <laughs> right. <Thank> so. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, a lot of there, there's been a lot of help uh, from multiple groups, right? Multiple ideologies, multiple point of views that go to Puerto Rico, um, and I guess the the this, the place where we potentially differ from a lot of these groups is that we believe that direct aid is a prerequisite to a greater effort. It is not enough. We need this. We need to do it now. We need to continue doing it. We need to continue Wait, providing. What do you mean? So direct aid is not. It's not. I'm sorry. It's not a prerequisite. No, no. Direct aid is not enough. It's not direct enough. aid is a prerequisite to to something larger, which is the need for liberation. Oh, okay. Puerto yeah. Rico. Puerto Rico needs to be free. Yeah. Uh, our people need to be free, um, and. 
you know, we, we does that mean mm-hmm. not a colony or a, a, not a, a colony? A, okay, not a colony. Complete independence. Yes. Okay. Yes. Can I ask a question? Yes. So, um, in imagining Puerto Rican independence, mm-hmm. uh, imagining a sovereign Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we reconcile sovereignty with like a political stance of abolition, which I think also imagines like abolishing borders, militaries, yes. and the nation state? Yeah. Um, so it's it's beyond sovereignty, right? It's it's pointing towards um, towards liberation, and in order for Puerto Rico to be truly free, that needs to be on the basis of solidarity, right? Our, our country and a lot of countries like it, a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of nations uh, have suffered through more than 500 years of colonialism. Puerto Rico becomes independent tomorrow. It's still going to, the situation is still going to be just as dire, mm-hmm. right? So how do we construct something different that doesn't replicate those, those, modes of oppression that, that exist. And we believe a, a, um, a, a key aspect to that is solidarity. So it's, again, connecting across the, the, sharing, the sharing of the resources that we have in a, way that, in a way that operates differently from how we operate right now, right? We exchange resources under a market economy with the idea that the overall goal is to make profit on top of profit, right? To, to gain on top of gain. Um, that's, that, honestly, that's a nonsensical way of understanding the world because we live in a limited world. We have a limited lifespan. <laughs> um, so uh, really, uh, if, if we're looking towards survival, if we're looking towards liberation, if we're looking towards sustainability, we're also talking about uh, a deep transformation of, of how we operate as, as, as a globe. And, um, and one aspect of getting at that is through solidarity. We're so aligned. I'm so happy to hear that. Do you, do you think that there are other um, Caribbean spaces that have modeled that politic in a way that it would be useful for Puerto Rico to um, look to? There are. <laughs> um, so I, I, I'm going to preface this uh, with uh, a common saying that uh, people who are, I, I, I would say, um, afraid, afraid of transformation, right? People who are accustomed to the status quo, right? They're, they're comfortable, even, even within a situation of deep need, even uh, within a situation of crisis, um, the the colonized mindset uh, kind of defaults to everything is okay, right? Mm. So um, before the hurricane hit, uh, a lot of people who were against independence would say, if Puerto Rico were ever independent, people will die of hunger, mm. <laughs> and the poor. The will be irony, poor, <laughs> right? Um, Puerto Rico is is not only not independent. Puerto Rico. Uh, has it has a legally recognized lack of sovereignty. <laughs> this this was a, a case. Um, I'm not sure if it was last year or two years ago, but um, 
one of the courts ruled that uh, Puerto Rico could not uh, make a, a, a decision in terms of the debt because it has no sovereignty. Last year... Um, in terms of its own debt or in terms of the national debt? Sovereignty, period. So in, in, terms, of, in terms of the Puerto Rican debt. Oh, wow. The, the, the oh, wow. Debt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it wouldn't be Puerto Rican debt if they had sovereignty. It would it would be a totally different conversation. Like that don't even fucking make sense. What 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 would that be? Is that the the question? Sorry. No, I'm saying like that. That's a that's an asinine comment to make because mm-hmm. you you can't comment on your own debt because you're not sovereign. But that you can't. No, it's not comment. It's make decisions about how to uh, how to deal with it. Right, but I think um, what Malik is saying like is that Puerto Rican money. debt is like is only a concept as a colonial concept. Yes. If if you ask if you ask you know our our stance as a group is that uh, the Puerto Rican debt is illegitimate. Um, so beyond being illegal, right? Like that's that's where the Puerto Rican that, reparations. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and there's there's been you know a, a lot of research done on the debt, and uh, it's been shown that a, a majority, almost half of it. Is is actually predatory predatory debt. Mm-hmm. So it operates kind of like a payday loan, mm-hmm. right? We are paying about like seven hundred percent interest on a loan, and uh, and you know so so that that shows the illegality of it. But we well, say it goes it goes beyond free. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> companies, companies operate tax free. Tax free. Um, a couple years back, uh, <laughs> a couple years back, the local government of Puerto Rico wanted to tax Walmart. Yeah. Walmart threatened to sue the government, <laughs> and Walmart won. Taxes? Yeah. yeah. What? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. Yo, yo fuck Walmart. Yeah. So fuck back- you, Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> so, fuck you, Walmart. <laughs> fuck Walmart. So back to your question. question. Uh, this 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 is a it, it's a controversial uh, point of view that I hold. So I'm not gonna make it on behalf of the group, um, but. I, I see, with all of its contradictions, um, in the Caribbean, our sister island of Cuba has, has demonstrated how, in spite of extreme limitations from multiple sides, a people can still get together and work towards uh, a common goal that focuses on the well-being of people. Mm-hmm. When you put people's lives at the center of your priorities as, as a state, right? We can debate about if a state is necessary or not, but let's say, you know, let's, let's assume the state is a given. If you put people's lives as a priority, then the work that you do shifts completely. And you can see, you can compare the, the actions of the, the government of the United States and Puerto Rico with the passing of Maria and the government of Cuba with the passing of Irma, right? Both. Uh, category four, five hurricanes that com- like completely devastated the islands. Cuba is going, th- went through a recovery process that was extremely efficient and has gone really fast. And I can tell you, the death toll of 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 that hurricane's passing in Cuba, if it's not zero, <laughs> it's 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 really really low. Right now, we're looking at Puerto Rico's death toll standing at about 1,000 people in, in the past two months. The majority of those people did not die because of the hurricane. They died 
because of the response, or I should say, in hospitals that had the no electricity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, if if you're diabetic, yeah, right, your insulin needs to be refrigerated. If you have no electricity, you can't refrigerate that insulin. Um, you know, and what we see also with the migration patterns, the people that can go, the majority of those people are uh, quote unquote working age people. So a lot of the youth is leaving. They also tend to be healthier, right, in general terms. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we have is a population that is um, majority, majority older population, which again, the older you get, your medical needs tend to, be, uh, tend to increase. So when you have hospitals that don't have constant access to electricity, when you have households that don't have access to electricity, then you get a situation in which within two months, a thousand people die as a consequence of that yeah let's keep praying for puerto rico but let's keep doing more and like than praying building solar panels for puerto rico because there should not be a lack of electricity right. <laughs> on an island that has an abundance of sun right also and, yeah and and that's you know that the, it's really interesting that you bring that up because again it's the Sometimes what we what we view as the obvious answers to fixing something, right? If you have an outdated grid, then you need an updated grid. If you have a, a, a um, an electricity system that focuses on fossil fuels that has failed, then the obvious answer seems, oh, we need to move away from that to renewable to renewable energy sources. But that's not enough. We had the the entire island of Puerto Rico had an offer from Tesla to have our entire electrical uh, system transformed and be Tesla. There was a lot of debate even within my friend group because a lot of my um, background as an activist was within the environmental movement in Puerto Rico. Uh, a lot of people were for it. But the second I hear this one company, right, this one corporation is offering to transform the entire country's electrical system, that's a Big red flag, and not the good kind. <laughs> Word. Word. Dropping that knowledge. Lots of knowledge. I, I'm like Take trying to process it all. And I, I'm going to listen back on this and <laughs> yeah. relearn these things. Glennis, um, what are you listening to right now? Um, I was actually listening to some in Vogue. Hey. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Let them know. That's what I was listening to today. Um, absolutely. Gave me all of the life. Yeah. Snatched my edges. 
<laughs> and I barely have any because the sides of my head are shaved. So basically push back my fresh line Ooh. that my barber gave me last week. <laughs> hey, Thank you for that. that um, I ain't heard that song in a minute and a half. <laughs> That's what basically just happened. Um, yeah. So, hello, all. <laughs> we are back. Um, that way. Yeah. Yo, that we way. have to wrap up. Unfortunately. Um, this has been great. Uh, it has been. I, I've, I've, I've gained some insights. Um, I feel like I've gained, I've gained some, gained some friends here. Um, you have some folks. Yeah. Most definitely. Some people that I'm, I'm going to definitely continue to follow you all's trajectories and, and the trajectory, your, your individual trajectories and, and, um, and see what happens with the organizations that you, um, you all represent. And um, I'm really excited to see what you all do. I'm excited for December 15th, Melanin Voices for Puerto Rico. Yeah, please um, come out. We'll be out. at the breathing room space. What's that? Sure. What y'all think? What y'all so we were on? thinking about just giving, you know, we, we're we're gonna teaser? release, but maybe like a little teaser of like what's coming at the event. Mm. Yeah, um, I, it's saying. actually I have it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Can I plug it up somewhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a, so, the situation. so this is just a little bit. Yes, oxit sitch and oxit. Um, uh, the first one. You know it's a lot of business because we're we're you know I say I'm a creator but I'm also a scholar so we're scholars and creators and so it's always got to be some <laughs> conscious mess up in here. With your black faces Proclaiming and owning your connection to the black race But can't seem to escape the cloak of anti-blackness Marred by the structures of the races Oh, you think you different <laughs> Screaming Yo soy Boricua Waving a Puerto Rican flag with that red, white, and blue Same colors that the mainland uses to say Yes, I hate you too Oh, you think you different Cause your Spanish lexicon begins with I and ends with mommy or papi And you ain't talking about your mama or your daddy You too busy talking about how much you like that new term zeddy Oh you think you different With the young white yuppies taking over your barrio Closing down your pop shop and buying you out for less than your Audi note And you thought you was the GOAT Oh you think you different Cause they televised and gunning you down in your hood And you know that black lives don't matter even with a hashtag that good Oh y'all think we different With divestment in both of our spaces With schools still closing and the taxing of our bodies Ain't neither one of us trying to trade places Oh y'all think we different Cause our bodies ain't the same But that African blood breathed through us both Got the same ancestors calling our names we got the same colonizer calling the shots. You thought you was different. 
but baby, you not. Yo, this has been another edition of the Re-Up. Thank you so much, Glennis. Thank you so much, Miguel. Thank you so much, Christiana. Thank you so much, Najee, the silent one. Um, <laughs> um, Yo, what's I good? I appreciate y'all uh, so very much. And that was just a teaser of the show. Yo. So because we love y'all so much. Ass. To where, when? Melanin Voices for Puerto Rico, 1434 West 51st Street, The Breathing Room. Visit our website at letusbreathecollective.com and read all about Breathing Room. We put up a real nice mashup of information that has been, um, you know, reviewed with brevity. Um, And under the beautiful guidance of the founding members of Let Us Breathe Collective. Straight up. Thank you so much. Yes. Letusbreathecollective.com. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Glennis, can you go ahead and plug your plug your stuffs and things? Yes, the stuffs and things. So um, the organization, uh, this a G thing, or it's a G thing. The organization is called a G thing, but you can go to thing, T-H-I-S-A-G-T-H-I-N-G.com. Um, you can find us on the Instagrammas as well. Um, if you're interested in, in me as a human, you can go to my website, www.glennancegreen, G-L-E-N-A-N-C-E, um, green, like the color, no E on the N.com. <laughs> and, uh, and you can find me on Instagram at um, energy, I-N-N-E-R-G underscore I-S underscore M-E. Oh my gosh, why is that so long? Um, energy is me. Energy is me. I am my energy. I, and my energy is me. Um, I can't tell you how many times people send me that screenshot that meme. Like, yeah, this should be you. And I'm like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, energy. Um, so, yeah, um, come holla at me. Word up, word up. <laughs> um, if you want to learn more about the Chicago Whittaker Assistance, you can find us on Facebook. Uh, we're at facebook.com forward slash decolonize. P-R. That's D-E-C-O-L-O-N-I-Z-E-P-R. Y'all, he almost forgot how to spell decolonize. I bet you he had it like reading when that song came out. Like, like, you ain't right. I, 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 I wrote in my hand, actually. Then <laughs> 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 what can we. You ain't right at all. Then <laughs> 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 where can we find you personally, Miguel? Um, if you, if you want to find, I don't know, like my photography or yes, whatever, I do. Um, I'm, on, do I'm on Instagram. I, I have a blog, but don't look at that. Uh, I, <laughs> Why would you no, it's, I have a blog, but nobody go there. No, I'm a Google. No, I have like I have like three blogs. It's all good. Um, He's a great photographer. Instagram. Y'all should find his blog. Um, uh, the Instagram is uh, Alvelover. So it would be A L V E L O V E R. Okay. So Alvelo Ver or Alvelover. Alvelover. Alvelo's my last name. Is that good? Did that Alvelo Ver? Yes. Okay. Tú, yo, él Alvelo ve, yo Alvelo veo, tú Alvelo ves. Yes. Word up. Yo, this has been another uh, episode, edition um, of 
the re-up. Um, I'm your host, Malik Aleem. Thank you for having um, us. No, no doubt. Thank you blast. for coming. I had a blast. I, I really enjoyed y'all and your, your wisdom and, and knowledge. Um, 88.9 WIIT uh, FM. Um, thank you and good night. Good night. Good night.